Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Dora Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and you're on Small Business IT Radio, a weekly show for IT professionals and small business specialists to get the information they need to start growing their business immediately. And we're talking about the Windows Essential Business Server, and our guests are, we're just waiting for our guests to join us live on the call today. So while we're waiting for them to come on, we're just going to talk about a few things um, openly here until uh, until such a time. Again, Small Business IT Radio is brought to you on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and we are on the air every Friday at noon Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. Kind of a bit of a plug for a couple things happening in the world of small business IT uh, in the next little while. Don't forget about SMB Summit coming up on uh, April the 18th to the 21st in Dallas. And you can register at smbsummit.com and uh, get in that awesome conference that's going to be happening in Dallas uh, in April. Again, it's a place you need to be at for all to meet other great small business, uh, small business specialists and get the information you need to really propel your business forward in 2008. And I think we have our callers here uh, joining us on the air today. And we'd well, like to welcome, uh, I think, Arlen, are you on there now? I am on the call, Stuart. Good morning. Great. Good morning. And I do believe we have a representative, Steve from Microsoft. Is that you on there now? It, uh, it is me, Stephen Van Roy. Perfect. Excellent. Well, good morning to uh, both of you. And uh, welcome to Small Business IT Radio uh, for day on January the 25th. And the topic, again, is small, uh, Windows Essential Business Server. And it's a great new solution for mid-sized businesses, uh, formerly codenamed uh, Central. It's a new integrated multi-server solution designed for mid-sized businesses that have specific IT needs, uh, and it really provides essential technology needed for a more secure and reliable infrastructure in some of our larger uh, clients. So our guest today is uh, uh, Arlen Sorensen from Heartland Technologies. Arlen, uh, good morning, and can you tell us a little bit about uh, Arlen Sorensen, for those that may not happen to know who you are? Yes, Stuart. Uh, thanks for allowing us to be on the call today. Uh, I run a company in uh, the Heartland in the Midwest uh, across five states called Heartland Technology Solutions. I uh, came into the industry back in the 80s, and uh, so I'm an old guy in the technology industry uh, and spend uh, my time today uh, working with a number of partners and, and uh, trying to grow uh, SMB partners in in the marketplace. So, along with running our 80-person uh, organization across those five states uh, in eight locations, I uh, spend a lot of my time with the Heartland uh, Technology Groups, our peer groups, and uh, being involved with Microsoft and and supporting that technology in the marketplace. So. Been around a long time. I mean, really excited about the Essential Business Server product that's going to be coming into a, a space that's kind of been underserved. And uh, looking forward to what we can do to to really take that to our customer base and be successful with it. Great. Well, welcome uh, to you this morning. And uh, Steve, I'm not even going to try to pr- uh, <laughs> guess your last name because I don't think I've ever pronounced it before. That's right. Good morning. To, good morning to you. And you're you're joining us from Redmond this morning. That's right. Uh, introduce yourself to the to the listeners on the program today. All right, I'm Stephen Van Rokel. That's how you say my last name, and I I run the Windows Server Solutions team at Microsoft, and and uh, and what we do is basically take server technology 
and make it consumable by, by customer segments who maybe have limited IT resources. And uh, some of the products you've probably heard of uh, that I own, and I own product marketing, product planning, and, and all the aspects of the product uh, are uh, Windows Small Business Server uh, in the small business space, a new product that came out just a few months ago called Windows Home Server, and, and, then, and then the Windows Essential Business Server, the product we're talking about today. I'm about a 15-year veteran at Microsoft and been in lots of roles and, uh, and have been running this effort for uh, about three or four years now. So. Well, great. Well, welcome to you this morning. Thank you. And, uh, gentlemen, we have a great new uh, solution coming here, but I don't think it's anything new. Uh, Steve, does this compare to the old mid-market bundle we saw a few years back? Well, mid-market bundle is actually something that my team drove as really a, a test case to, to get out into the market and, and, and see and understand if customers and, and partners would buy and sell um, the set of technologies that we wanted to offer to the marketplace in a in sort of a, a virtual bundle, if you will. We wanted to go out and test, does a, does a single CAL make sense, and does a, a single package of software that does all of your core infrastructure make sense? And that, that promotion was actually quite successful worldwide, and it, it told us and informed us in the early days that, that bringing a, a product to market that even took that a, kind of a quantum leap forward with, with better integration and, and better usability is, uh, is the way to go. And that's really the – it was kind of the, the thing we try, try before you buy, so to speak, in the, in the, uh, in the mid-size, uh, mid-size uh, business market. I know we were relatively successful selling it to the oil and gas market here in Alberta because they normally have a bit – their needs are a bit more uh, sophisticated than what a small business server would offer. Right. So it was great to have that bundle where we can offer 50 cows Exchange, Mom, and uh, Windows Server uh, at that time. How has it evolved? What's new in the offering we see coming up in the Essential Business Server? Compared so Essential to Business bundle? Server is, it, you really want to think about this, as you all know, um, SBS is more of an integrated solution. And so instead of just a soft bundle of products that we just price and name a certain way like we did with the bundle, this set of products is actually, um, first and foremost, on the next wave of technology. So it'll have Windows Server 2008, which is about to launch, and, and all the latest you know, email technologies and others are, are brought together into this, into this product. Um, we also have done a lot of work to, to actually uh, help partners and help customers utilize the software through, through the way we, we do setup. So we actually will set this uh, product up across multiple physical servers, and when it's set up, it's set up to best practices. Um, and we've also created a new interface into the product that we, we uh, you know, the administrative console is the easy name, but we really think about it as sort of a command and control console in, in that to really manage all the, all the different aspects of your, of your IT, uh, having one place to go to do all those things um, and then go through that console to the native applications underneath um, would be bring a lot of benefit, and so we we really kind of put a software wrapper around around what was the bundle before, and and really made it uh, much more usable by by partners and and IT uh, professionals. So I have a question for Arlen, because um, Arlen more Arlen more on the partner side. Arlen, what's the value proposition to the partners for rolling this out to our mid-sized clients? Well, I think there's going to be a number of of very uh, strong value props for us. Uh, First being that the fact that it is a bundle, uh, you know, I'm sure that we're going to be able to offer this kind of technology to our, our customer base at a, a discount from buying the standalone individual pieces that we're accustomed to doing in the mid-market space. 
So there's going to be some some price uh, delta for us to work with, but the real value is going to be the ease of implementation and, and the fact that we're going to have all the right pieces in the box basically to truly provide a best-in-class solution for our clients. Uh, you know, the fact that this is going to be uh, basically controlled with a number of wizards and, and pre-installation types of, of checklists and it's going to walk us through to make sure that, that even our uh, less experienced technical folks are going to be able to truly install this in, in a best practice way and we'll be able to do it quicker than we would do uh, buying standalone products and we'll have a better solution for our clients when we're all done. So it's something that uh, much like Small Business Server did for us, we're going to be able to truly put together a, a world-class solution using you know, premier technologies that are available but have that all tied together neatly and then be able to manage it from that single console. I think that's a, a really compelling thing as we uh, serve a number of customers as partners. We need you know, efficient and effective ways to manage our customers, and that's going to happen through this product. So you see this as something that's going to revolutionize the way partners uh, go after the mid-market? Well, I, I think it's going to be similar to what happened in the uh, small business space when uh, small business server came out. It gives us the ability to sell, you know, enterprise class technologies at some discount. So there's a there's a significant thing there for our clients. But because of the way that the installation will occur using the wizards and the support will occur using the the combined console, we're going to be able to do that across a number of clients, which is the reality of of those of us that serve in the small and medium business space. We we don't work with one or two or three customers. We have dozens or hundreds to take care of. So the efficiencies that are going to be built into this product will revolutionize the way we're able to serve this this piece of the market. So Steve, I see on the website here the there's two versions of this available or two editions of this available. Can we go through what some of the product looks like? What sure. are the uh, what are the modules or the core components of of both the standard and the premium offering of the EBS solution? Okay, you want to think about the the standard version as as running on three physical servers, um, and that that could be actually set up uh, in a virtualized way, and we'll have guidance uh, when we launch the product on how to set those up on fewer physical machines. But think about them as three logical servers. Um, or running in a blade chassis or, or anything like that. The first server is, is, the, is the management server. It's the server that, that um, is the uh, domain controller. It has all the users and the directory, and it, it, it controls all the networking functions. Um, the management software is also running on there. Uh, we have a, a system center um, technologies on that box that allows you to, to manage the other servers in your infrastructure as well as the client desktops, control patching, all that sort of stuff. Um, and monitor the health of everything on your network. So that's there. The second machine, the second logical machine is the email server. And this is the one where we'll run Exchange Server um, in, its, in its full uh, instantiation. And then also we run backup directory, backup networking, et cetera. So if the first machine goes down, we have a redundant copy of that on the second machine and your network doesn't go down. Um, and then the third, third box you want to think about is the security server. And this is where we actually put some security technologies 
that protects the network uh, and protects the email infrastructure. So you'll have some forefront technologies on there. Uh, you'll have some exchange edge technologies on there, et cetera, that actually provide security protection for this, this core infrastructure and, and protects, the, uh, protects that core infrastructure from, from out, outside attacks. Um, you'll also have uh, ISA server, Internet uh, Security and, and uh, Acceleration server on, on that third machine as well that will protect, uh, protect the network and, and act as a firewall um, and, a, and a packet level firewall for, uh, for, uh, for securing that, that system. Uh, that standard, when you go to premium, what we add in premium is yet another copy of Windows Server 2008 and a copy of uh, SQL Server uh, our, uh, our database, uh, SQL Server Standard Edition, our database software. And so we allow you to install that on, on yet another physical box uh, and run a line of business applications or, or use the database for any other uh, needs that you have uh, in the infrastructure. Okay, so I mean, the needs of a mid-sized business are a little, sometimes a little bit more complex than what four servers or three servers can handle. Is it easy to add an additional server to do an application-type server or maybe to run a line-of-business application that a specific tar or vertical market may need a, a separate server for? Can we most definitely. We server? view these as, as core infrastructure. So you would drop these in. And most mid-markets today, uh, because of the, in this, our research has really shown this, is because of the, the way uh, that, that mid-sized companies have implemented software, the technology that's actually running on these three would actually run across you know, five to seven machines. And so there's a great, from a partner uh, value standpoint, there's a great consolidation message to tell there. Now, this being core infrastructure, it's very easy to drop in additional machines that participate in that network, not only running them side by side, which is you know, completely supported and, and recommended, but you can actually, we've actually done some great work in the, in the software itself, in this core infrastructure, to make that even a better scenario. So if the, if the line of business application or the additional software has, for example, a, a, a system center uh, management pack, uh, which are typically free downloads that you get for these or vendors write them for their applications, our, your core infrastructure in that command and, and control console will actually monitor the health of those applications and report that health up to you. Uh, either roll it up to you as a partner, as Arlen said, when you're managing and monitoring multiple clients, or right in the console if you're sitting in front of it. The other thing that we do is, is we have a, this singular administrative console, and we, have the, we give you the ability to actually extend that uh, console with some additional tabs and, 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 uh, and, and kind of enhance the console based on the line of business application. So we've worked with a lot of vendors already, and this list keeps growing and growing, um, you know, a lot of non-Microsoft, a lot of internal Microsoft vendors where we actually showcase the ability for those applications to participate in our administrative console. So imagine you're a partner and you need to, you need to troubleshoot the line of business application. You could simply remote in from your office into, the, into, that, into that company, bring up the console, and no matter what server or software is running on, you actually see the entire environment in one view and can actually go in. If you have that system center management pack, it's sending you constantly sending you alerts and rolling those up to you so you, you can monitor the health. If something goes bad, you can be proactive and actually get on top of that before, uh, before maybe even the customer seeing an issue. Well, perfect. Now, we do have some callers uh, waiting to get on and ask your question. I will get to you very, uh, very shortly here. Do we have a couple lines open still if anybody has a question for, for Steve or Arlen? Uh, the dial-in number is 646-716-8372. And again, the callers that are waiting to be a little bit more patient, we will get on to your questions here in a few minutes. 
So, Arlen, I want to kind of flip it back over to you. Some of the challenges we had in the early days of SBS when 4.0, 4.5 was out there, we had some stability issues that some of the older guys like us that have been in the industry for a little long, a little while now still hold on to those beliefs around the older product. What can you say to a partner that says, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and get three servers and put Exchange and SQL Server and all that on one box. What can we say to a partner like that uh, to get them to look at the EBS solution? Well, first of all, uh, I, I was uh, around in the 4.0 and 4.5 days, and, and uh, folks that experienced the uh, pain and agony of, of those early products, uh, I, I share your pain. Uh, it was not a fun time, and, and there was a lot of learning and growth that had to happen there. And, and uh, you know, the, the uh, reality is that uh, Microsoft has moved far beyond that, and the team that's uh, working on this product and the new version of Small Business Server are certainly dedicated in making sure that uh, that historical lesson never happens again. Uh, we have been testing the uh, the new Centro product for for some time now, and you know as well as the new Windows Server 2008. And I think the important thing to remember here is that you know the the essential business server is built on these new technologies that are extremely stable and uh, have been around, or will have been around for a while by the time this releases. Uh, Windows Server 2008 is a, a solid product today, even while it's still in the, uh, the beta testing mode. Exchange Server 2007 has been uh, in the marketplace for a while, and, and a number of us have had that deployed to our clients for, for some time. So, you know, they're building on technology that is going to be extremely stable, very well tested, and uh, so there's real value in, in that knowledge. Um, the other thing is that you know there's a lot of work being done to simplify some of the complexity that really is going to exist if, if you truly do want to deploy all these things as standalone uh, implementations. Uh, the wizards are going to be extremely valuable in terms of uh, how quickly we're able to deploy this solution compared to standalone and manage it. So from a, from a partner perspective, competing with folks that are going to try to sell the same thing as a standalone, we, we're going to have considerable advantage. We're going to have a price advantage because the bundle will be significantly cheaper. But more importantly, we're going to have an advantage in the, the deployment process and then the ongoing management process. So. If we structure our business practice right and we're doing things like flat rate installs, we're going to be able to, to significantly bid a, a less expensive install and, and still be more profitable from a management perspective long term. Using this combined management console is going to let us manage all these servers more efficiently. So our, our pricing can, can be more aggressive there as well, and we can still be equally or even more profitable. So. You know, it's really all about building a business practice around a product like this, just like it is around Small Business Server, understanding the, the uh, things that are built into the product to make it more efficient and, and uh, more profitable for us, and then truly creating processes that let us leverage all that stuff so that we have a business practice that, that uh, we can follow each time. It's going to give us consistency in how we deploy. And so... We, we really are looking at the uh, the whole idea that we do with small business server, and that's you know 
putting together a process or a script of how we're going to implement a product, and we follow that each time. And so we try to make sure that all of our installs are consistent and look the same. It makes support so much simpler than, well, technician A did it this way when they installed all these servers, and, and the next guy goes out to try to support that customer, and they're trying to understand now, how did this get implemented? You know, with the essential business server, if we truly utilize the wizards and the design that's built into the product, those those installs are going to look very similar. So supporting those is going to be much more effective. So there's lots of reasons that I think uh, at HTS, EBS is going to be a, a very powerful thing for us, and it's going to give us a competitive advantage over partners that don't utilize that. So what so what are the what can partners do today to get ramped up? Is there any training available online that we can leverage at this time? Well, I know there's a lot of training in the uh, in the funnel being created, and you know we're probably a little early for a lot of readiness things to be uh, out there yet today. There will be, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know a a full day of readiness training at the SMB Summit in Dallas in April. And uh, I think that's a, a opportunity to truly get a deep look at this product and to understand what the value is going to be to us as partners. Um, you certainly can begin to get involved with uh, Windows Server 2008 today uh, through some of the beta opportunities there and uh, start to understand that technology. Of course, it's built on Exchange 2007 as well, so you can begin to understand that. So learning these specific technologies today is one way to prepare. But uh, unless Steve knows something different, I think the, uh, the the SMB Summit will probably be the first big readiness event that will uh, be part of the, the prep process. That's right. You, the SMB Summit really is our kickoff event. I think the for the most part, partners out there, I'm going to echo what, what Arlen said, you know, focusing on the latest version of Exchange, System Center Essentials, and all the Windows Server 2008 uh, content coming out uh, in, in the launch wave that we've got there since the product's launching next month um, is really the best way to get your, your most technical uh, you know, uh, resources ramped up. And then as we roll out and, and launch this product in the second half of this year, uh, throughout the spring and summer, uh, we will be kicking off our worldwide uh, partner uh, education and, uh, and training, and so we'll, uh, we'll have lots of content uh, at all levels available uh, starting very soon in the next couple months. Well, and I'm sure, there, I'm assuming there will be all kinds of content at the Worldwide Partner Conference as well in Houston in July. Definitely. That's another great way to get some readiness for around this product. And like Arlen said, you want to really take advantage of the, the content at SMB Summit in April in Dallas. So, Steve, I'm kind of flip it back over to you on the security side, because security is one of the big things in uh, in mid mid-sized business and basically all across any business side of security, you mentioned forefront of the when you're going through the product description. Is this security is built in? Going to do we need to replace uh, or not even offer? You know, uh, traditional firewalls from companies like Cisco and Sonicwall, and do we now don't need to offer semantic antivirus or Trend Micro or anything like that? Because the forefront products are going to cover that. So what we what we focused on with this with this product was really giving you as a partner or a or a mid-sized company uh, IT person really a a set of choices they can make relative to what they want to do in security. Uh, the security software that's built into this product is really 
is really meant for protecting the core infrastructure, the, the servers that are contained in a central business server, but could very much so and, and will, and will you know, uh, protect any other systems on the network. If you want to make this your primary, you may want to make the server, uh, the security server your primary firewall and the edge of your network, it works great as that. It's got ISA server, it's got Forefront, it's got all the other things, it's got Exchange Edge technologies, all the things that you're going to need to protect the, uh, the core infrastructure uh, and, and all the servers and all the clients on your network. Um, some, some people will choose to have an additional firewall. Some people will choose to have a hardware, very simple hardware firewall, et cetera, sitting in front of this, and that's, that's all supported as well. So you, really you have the, the option of what you want to utilize from all from this infrastructure. We have not included client uh, antivirus in this in this package. We we know there's enough variety out there and people that want um, you know maybe have multi-year agreements on that stuff and so we wanted to respect that and and uh, and make sure that you are open to all your options there um, and and we view this as kind of covering the this server security. Okay, so I understood so I understand and the listeners understand the security offering in EBS is just the core infrastructure and we still need to engage with a an ISV partner like Trend or Semantic or antivirus uh, provider of choice at the client side. That's right. Okay, and and matter of fact, I, I mentioned earlier that we've we've done these uh, extensibility add-ins for our administrative console, and Symantec and McAfee are two that have actually already written uh, add-ins for our console to. Uh, to make them uh, make their software participate in our in our uh, administrative experience. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm going to open up a uh, take some calls here because the lines are all now jam packed, and I'm sure we have a lot of partners that want to learn more about it. So I'm going to open up a take a call from I think Ontario, Canada. Uh, who joins us from Ontario today? Somebody there from Ontario? No, no I guess uh, I guess not. So um, let's uh, review here again, guys, uh, on the whole offering, and uh, and come back to uh, maybe maybe I'll just ask Arlen a question here. Arlen, what does your vision look like for HTS when rolling this out? What do you have any basic ideas what you're going to be offering? You're going to do continue with your uh, security other security vendor uh, relationships and offer that on top of this, or what's it look like right now for you guys? Well, we we have been. Uh you know, thinking through this, uh, this is this is kind of a new dynamic for us uh, because we're adding a, a new uh, offering to our current set of, of uh, solutions today. So, you know, the way the way things look for us today is we do small business server in the, uh, you know, the the zero to fifty or sixty or seventy five seat range, and then we we switch over to Windows Server, and and now there's a new kid on the block basically that that fits in the middle there. So we're you know we're thinking through right now how do we build a practice around EBS, and and I think that's a key thing for us as partners to do as we look at this new opportunity. It, it's not just a a new uh, SKU that we're going to have available. We we really need to think through how we're going to build a practice around this product, and because if we're selling to a, a space that's very different than the the uh, S and SMB, uh, you know, we're into the more mid market space. This product is designed to go up to 250 users, and uh, so you know we're dealing with uh, typically organizations that have got an IT staff or an IT pro uh, on staff. And so the sales cycle is going to look different. How we market's got to look different. 
how we execute and, and uh, implement the solution will look different because we likely won't be doing it alone. And then how we're going to support it ongoing is going to look different. And so we're right now working through how are, how are we going to build a practice that con contains all those key success factors and be ready to, to roll this out when it releases in the middle of the year. Um, you know, our, our current situation is uh, we are evaluating the forefront client solution because I, I think it makes sense for us, even though we've been a semantic partner for a year, to truly consider migrating our, our uh, security over to the Microsoft platform to align with this product. Uh, even though it's not included, I, I assure you that uh, they know how to work with Forefront, and it's uh, going to be very well integrated if that's the choice that we make. So we're going through that process right now to prepare as well, to understand the, the Forefront security line and to, to know what that client product looks like and be prepared to uh, to bring that into our, our mix as we build this practice. So there's a lot of prep that needs to be done by partners to get ready for this. The technologies are very familiar, so it's not going to be so much of a uh, – learn a whole bunch of new technologies as it is, how are we really going to be effective in, in selling and marketing and, and uh, supporting this product after we get it installed? And uh, that's where I think the real opportunity is right now for us to use the next 6 to 12 months as we get ready for the release and, and rolling it into our customer base to really think through repeatable processes things that make us efficient because that's what's going to make us profitable. And, and the partners that adopt this early and truly build practices are going to have a huge advantage over the, their, their competitors. And so now is a, a perfect time to begin thinking through those things, designing how uh, you're going to roll this out to your customer base and being you know, the first kid on the block. Okay. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, Steve, what significant improvements are we going to see or is there anything that you can talk about uh, for us that haven't had a chance to play with the betas yet of uh, the Windows 2008 platform over uh, what we have today in Windows 2003 server? The, the difference to 2008 uh, is we've done a lot of core improvements in, in the product. Uh, you know, the networking stack is, is uh, compatible with the IPv6 networking, the the uh, administrative and, and, and role-based administration is, is much better, so you can actually tell the, the servers uh, what to do. There's some speed and efficiency improvements, um, and just a lot of the normal improvements, some of which you saw come in the, in the kind of the core of Vista, you're, you'll see in the, in the core of server. Um, a lot of the, the, the security, setup, et cetera, experience are all, are all greatly improved. And I know in my IT pro communities that I belong to, uh, there's still a bit of a hesitation to fully adopt Vista as a as a desktop platform. Do you think we're going to have some of these same challenges with the 2008 platform? Uh, what we're seeing from analysts now is 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 uh, and and people that have used it in, uh, deeply is viewing this as a server class, uh, uh, you know, upstep from from Windows Server 2003. So a lot of the a lot of the the hesitation in Vista was really around. Uh, uh, device driver support and uh, and and user experience. Some of the some of the user experience was new and, and took took be, or taking people a while to kind of learn and, and grab onto. With with Windows Server 2008, it's really it's really more of the server core that's that's a step up. You know, the device drivers um, we've really been there and, and kind of got 
got all the support we need and, and uh, from a usability stand, standpoint. Uh, greatly simplified user interface, especially in the role-based stuff that we've done, but it's, uh, but it's, um, it's all uh, a real nice step up from, uh, from what you, you could expect in 2000, or what you saw in 2003 um, and not really comparable to Vista in a lot of ways for the things that, that I think people were hesitant on. Okay, and I'm you know I'm not a very technical uh, person. I used to do network administration back in the day. Uh, is this a 32-bit platform or a 64-bit platform? Uh, Windows Server 2008 is 32-bit or 64-bit. Uh, Windows Essential Business Server, the product we're talking about today, is 64-bit only, um, and that's because Exchange uh, Server 2007 was 64-bit only as well. Now that being said, that uh, that fourth box that we talked about very early on, the premium SKU, uh, we you know I'm very aware that there's a lot of, a lot of line of business applications out there that are 32-bit or 64-bit. That fourth box will actually be offered in either 32 or 64-bit to allow you to uh, install legacy line of business applications that only support 32-bit on that box. And so um, so this core infrastructure is only 64-bit, but anything around it can be 32 or 64. It doesn't matter. Okay, so it's good to know this information because when we're expecting, like in the early days of Exchange 2007, I heard from partners that really didn't do their homework thoroughly that they were trying to install it on a 32-bit box and it just wasn't working. Or a 32-bit OS, yeah, where where this will set it up by default. And it's it's actually, I think if you check most vendors' uh, sites, it's, 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 pretty hard to buy a 32-bit server nowadays. Most are 64 by default, and with lots of people running 32-bit software on those 64s, and so we're in, we're in pretty good shape from a hardware support uh, standpoint nowadays. Was there, a, was there a TAP program, Steve, uh, set out for this? There is a TAP program. It's going on right now um, and, and got really good uh, worldwide uh, participation. The other thing we did with this product that was sort of unique is I was – I was employee number one on this project and really was focused on, you know, getting the original specifications and design. We actually uh, took a uh, t- took a, a very kind of unique approach, you know, one that you don't get to do a lot because it's a brand new V1 product was uh, built on existing and, and established technologies was to actually form a customer advisory board and a partner advisory board very early on in the development of this product, actually before we had any developers hired in building the product. And so we were able to take customer and partner input uh, because partner partner value is one of our core pillars on this product and uh, and actually get them to help us design the product from the ground up. And I think I think what you'll see when you see this product and start getting your hands and using it um, using it this year is 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 that influence uh, it comes right out in the, in the way that we actually actually built the product is is really focused on the value to the end customer uh, and the uh, and the partner involved. We have a question coming through our chat room, which is available through BlogTalkRadio.com uh, for Steve. What about uh, terminal services? Where where do we deploy terminal services in this type of uh, in the EBS scenario? So that uh, terminal services uh, in in for administration can be you know accessible for all the boxes, and that's actually a core infrastructure for accessing and, and managing the boxes. Terminal services in application mode would be deployed on that box number four. So in a premium SKU, you would actually uh, you, uh, terminal services will be enabled there, and you can actually run it on that fourth box or, or at any additional box you add uh, down the road. Uh, maybe a question for me, just a clar- uh, clarification. Uh, if we, they get the, we get the three boxes, we have to, of course, buy the, the hardware uh, independently. 
do we need the premium SKU in order to grow Path 3, or just, or does that just give us a SQL Server component? Uh, the fourth box just gives you a SQL Server and another copy of Windows. Okay. So if you have 10 servers in your infrastructure today, and you want to replace your core infrastructure, you just bring this in and migrate. We focused a lot on migration. You'd migrate the, the existing content over to these three boxes, your existing infrastructure over to these three boxes, and these would replace what the whatever boxes you happen to have that were running core infrastructure. All the rest of the boxes in your in your network, they'd be running server 2003, they could be running you know uh, server 2008, et cetera, can all participate in the network and be be participants and, and be used in the network as well. And so and so we're we're working a very heterogeneous environment uh, and and fully support. This is you just want to think about this much in the same way as you you'd maybe think about bringing SBS into an existing network versus a first server opportunity. Okay, so you mean we look at uh, we talk about upgrading, um, just hypothetically out there. I'm sure we, you know, I have one or two clients still that still hold on to that legacy Windows 2000 server. Can we still continue to run that if we if we had an old line of business app that needed to be running on Windows 2000 server? The only requirements we have is that this infrastructure has to be the uh, primary domain controller or the center of your domain and that you don't have uh, multiple uh, directory trees. And so you have one, basically a one tree forest uh, in your directory. And so as long as you satisfy those two requirements, you could run this next to a mainframe, you could run it next to a, a 2000 uh, server that supports AD, can connect into the active directory in this box, et cetera. Or we have directory migration uh, built in, and so you can actually migrate directory, you can migrate mail from old mail systems, et cetera. So, so you can choose to either migrate that old box or run it right next to it and run the line of business app on it. Okay. Well, we've, that, all, that all works great. We'll see if we have another question here from a caller. I'll bring them online here. We have somebody from the 501 area code. Do we have a caller uh, for a question? Yes, hi. Hi. Who's, uh, who's on the line? Hi, this is John Joyner with ClearPoint in Little Rock. Hi, John. Uh, do you have a question for Steve or Arlen? Yeah, I, I heard uh, mention that uh, Microsoft System Center Essentials is uh, – part of the management engine here. I was wondering if, if you could talk a little bit more about that piece. Is uh, particularly, uh, I'm interested if that would be the next version of Essentials, or, or would that be the current version, or, or could you talk about that roadmap? Sure. So, so uh, System Center Essentials is a, is a package that actually rolls up just for the, I think you know what System Center Central, but just for any other listeners, um, is a package that really rolls up a lot of management functionality from products that you knew as uh, Systems Management Server, SMS, uh, MOM, Microsoft Operations Manager, and uh, in WSUS, our, our software updating service, kind of rolled into one one product that kind of does multiple things for, for the network and, and helps you deploy software, deploy patches, and, and manage and monitor servers and desktops in your, in your environment. Um, the System Center Essentials that's in the product um, will uh, will be updated for for essential business server. They will have a uh, a dot release that will actually go in to uh, to provide some additional functionality that will be pulled into uh, to our product when uh, when you see our ship. And so it'll be a slight update. It will be a sort of a major upgrade because System Center Essentials just came out uh, just a, I guess a few months ago or last last fall. And so it'll be a, an incremental update of what uh, what you've seen in System Center Essentials in our product. Great, thank you very much. You bet, thank you. Harlan, I have a question for you along that line because you're uh, using other monitoring tools today to monitor your Windows 2003 servers and the networks of your clients you're taking care of. 
How, what do you see the impact on system center essentials in this environment on those other third-party tools that are out there? Well, I don't know technically uh, what the interface uh, functionality might be in terms of uh, you know how System Center might work with or or connect with uh, existing tools. Uh, I know that that's part of what we're looking at as we uh, consider building our practice around EBS. Is you know we want to leverage the built-in functionality that's part of this product, obviously, and and. Uh, we already are using multiple tools in our NOC to manage our client base. So uh, in the event that, you know, uh, System Center Essentials is, is more of a standalone type of management uh, console and, and doesn't necessarily integrate with what we're doing today, uh, you know, we don't see that as a, a showstopper necessarily because if it does its job the way that, that it's designed to do, It'll be another tool in our, our bag of tools that we use to, to manage and monitor our networks. And so, uh, you know, Steve might have more insight as to what its interoperability might be with existing things that are in the marketplace today. Uh, we're, we're just considering it to be another tool that we'll have available to us to take care of our clients. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, all the tools we have today, they're, they're really not all that different. So whether we're using uh, the Kaseya product or the Zenith product or the LPI product, uh, which we have used all, uh, you know, it's not hard for our knock engineers to, uh, to really move from one to the other. It's more a matter of having tools that work, and uh, that's really the key here is that System Center is designed for this product and truly will be uh, best in breed to take care of it. And to, to expand on what Arlen said, if you are a, a Microsoft shop that uses Microsoft management tools or, or like Arlen, uses a, a kind of a belt full of tools, uh, one of the benefits of System Center Essentials is uh, interoperability with the Microsoft Operations Manager, System Center Operations Manager um, software. And, and if you're running System Center Operations Manager in your, in your um, control center, in your, main, your headquarters, you can actually roll up multiple customers who are running System Center Essentials into one view in the Operations Manager. So you, you can actually have a, consoli a single consolidated view across the, the health of all your customers. So if you have 10, 20, 50 customers, all of those show up in a single view, and you basically get a green, yellow, red with the ability to go in and dive in on specific issues that maybe you're seeing. Uh, we had a customer... Um, uh, actually running uh, running a, a, a prototype of uh, one of our tap customers and uh, and they they had been having a server go down all the time didn't really know what was going they installed uh, installed our software uh, actually not even on this server but put the management pack over there and it rolled up an alert that the uh, the cooling fan on their on their power supply was actually going bad and they knew then what to go do because the machine would just die and sit sort of dead until it cooled off and then it would come back up again and and so just, you know, within a really move them from being really reactive to problems to being proactive to be able to monitor and manage what's going on. So imagine as a partner you're able to get that level of insight into the infrastructure of your, your customers. That's pretty powerful stuff. That's that, yeah, definitely powerful. Uh, Steve, business continuity and disaster recovery are big concerns in the, uh, in the small business space today and been there for mid-sized and enterprise for, for a long time. Is there any business continuity or disaster recovery uh, processor, processes or technology built into the essential business server offering, or do we still have to go out to third-party tools to, to really get the full power of disaster recovery and business continuity? 
It's a little bit of a mix. So we, we, for example, I mentioned when I was describing the different, uh, the different software and the different boxes, we do redundancy between physical machines, um, and we'll have somewhat of a virtualization story there. So you could do, you could potentially do geo-clustering and other things that can actually physical site rollovers and, and stuff like that. And we'll have more information and guidance on that as we go through this, this year. We're working on some technical papers around that stuff. Um, so there is some extreme stuff that you can do uh, to really cover your bases there. Um, but I, I think for the general user who maybe isn't doing geo-clustering and, and lots of the deeper virtualization stuff, um, you know, the redundancy we built in plus, the, plus the, the backup capabilities of the core servers themselves uh, is built into the product. And so you can do that, that level of, of disaster management. Uh, beyond that, I think it really then bridges into uh, third-party tools that you'd maybe want to use, especially for your client desktops and, and things like that. Now, group policy is completely exposed in this, and you can put that in. You could have every user in the network roll up to one file server with, with like a My Documents redirection and then back up all those documents into the central place. Um, and then, you know, to do off-site and regular backups and things. All of that's integrated. Uh, so we've, we've done, we've done kind of the, the base, the, 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 the kind of the base functionality and, and even a little bit more than that. And then we enable, um, other vendors and, and even Microsoft software to work on top of this. Uh, some of the good things we're seeing there is, is, part of the, that list of partners we're starting to see writing add-ins and, and others are some of the most popular uh, backup providers and others that, we, uh, that we've worked with to make sure that they're covered and, and participating in our infrastructure as well. Great. And Arlen, from your side, you're, you know, with your peer groups that you run, uh, I'll, you can give a bit of a plug for your peer groups if you want in a few minutes here. Is there any uh, feedback from within the peer community on uh, what they're doing to uh, with disaster recovery and business continuity in the EBS solution? Well, you know, the good news is that uh, since this is basically a Windows server-based network, there's there's no real magic in, in the technology or gotchas you got to really worry about here since it's built on the standard Windows server technologies. We'll be able to utilize, uh, you know, the, the solutions that we're currently utilizing from third parties to interface with this product and, and uh not have any real issues to worry about. So from that perspective, it's going to make, uh, you know, the work that's being done today uh, to have disaster recovery and business continuity plans for small business server or, or Windows server uh, itself be a seamless thing that we can roll right into the uh, EBS uh, customer base. So uh, that's that's good news, and, and uh, it is really an area, probably one of the hottest areas that I see across our, our peer groups today that, that customers are asking for. Uh, data has all of a sudden become something that they're starting to pay attention to, even though for many years they haven't protected it well at all. Today they're beginning to understand that if they lose their data, they, they're in deep trouble. So uh, we're seeing a, a huge interest by, by end users to not only want to back it up, but then to also have, uh, have it off-site and to have a plan so that they could actually uh, get themselves back in business somewhat quickly. And, and that's a big change from uh, 12, 18 months ago. So I think it's going to be a perfect timing when, when this solution comes to market to have a, a plan for business continuity as part of that solution and just another way that we can uh, generate a, a nice revenue stream with, with some recurring revenue that uh, provides real value to our customer. Great, great, good feedback there. And Steve, one thing, another thing I just kind of wrote down a 
quick note here because it's you know being in the business development type side, not on the technical side. I'm always looking at potential opportunities, how am I going to position this in the market? Uh, SharePoint. Where does SharePoint play in this whole in this product offering or the solution offering? So we will set up um, by default in the product part of the normal setup is setting up Windows SharePoint services, which is the the SharePoint that a lot of people use that comes with Windows Server. That will be set up for you and and actually be available for you to build as a partner, build great value on top of that. And we've actually worked with some the SharePoint team at Microsoft to do things really creative stuff around around. Um, templates and other things that make it very easy for partners to go in and customize SharePoint uh, for, uh, for customer needs. And so say a, a, you know, the owner of the company, a technical or a, a business decision maker asks you that says they're having problems you know, like hiring employees, you could set up very quickly an HR and recruiting website based on some of our templates. We have, we have just uh, we have, I think over 50 of these templates available today actually for, uh, for use on small business server, um, and then eventually on uh, Essential Business Server as well. So that's one element of it. The second element is it's full-blown SharePoint, the the, the um, you know the the, the product to, to kind of go beyond the uh, Windows SharePoint services into uh, into you know doing workflows and things like that. Um, that is a great add-on application that that is sold separately. But uh, one thing we've done is, is uh, that uh, that add-in to for that that uh, system participate in our administrative console is built. It, we've already uh, written the software to to enable that add-in. So so as a as a partner or as an IT administrator in mid-sized company, you'll actually have a tab that's just SharePoint. You can see all the websites. You can set permissions. You can do all that stuff. You could right-click and say create new website. So if a, you get a question, you want to dump in some templates to do some customization or workflows, you could do that right from there. So so we've uh, we've made it very easy to uh, to manage that stuff. So that's going to be SharePoint services are going to be uh, by default part of the package, and then we can add on uh, the Moth product uh, as an add-on component. That's right. Perfect. And we got a few minutes left here uh, on our time together. Uh, Steve, where can some partners turn to? Is there any blogs or websites out there that people can turn to to get more information on EBS? We're just starting the uh, the efforts to kick off um, a specific website for. Essential Business Server. Um, if you go to Microsoft.com and search on Essential Business Server, right now we have it in our uh, in our press. It's our, called Press Pass. It's our information site for uh, for reporters and uh, and and analysts and other people. But the great thing about that site is there's actually for people that kind of can visualize what I've been describing. There's great screenshots up there and and some other things you can you can pull up full screen and and take a look at the uh, the software. It's also a great place to uh, to get more information about what I've been describing. We've got an architecture diagram of the product up there and some other things. Um, and then the next couple months, in time for the uh, the small business uh, summit down in uh, down in Texas, we'll actually have our full website up and running uh, with full information available. That's are you very, are you aware of any blogs that any partners are running right now, where partners can turn for partner feedback? Uh, we have the the Windows Server blog. We tie into that. Uh, there are some other partners doing blogs um, out there, and we'll uh, uh, I'll make sure our website has good good representation of those. And Arlen, from your side uh, in the peer group, and you maybe can give a quick uh, plug for the HCG peer groups here and some of the online stuff that you're you're, uh, you're facilitating. Um, what are you seeing in on the peer group side? Any, any public information that partners are talking about? Well, certainly there's a lot of discussion going on uh, around EBS and, and this new kid that's coming to uh, 
to this family of products we're going to have available, and partners are beginning to, to think about how they're going to build a practice around it. Uh, I do blog about EBS as part of the, the peer group blog that I do uh, on occasion and try to keep people up to speed on uh, things that are, are of interest. Uh, Heartline Tech Groups is a, uh, a peer-to-peer networking thing that uh, we put together groups of 12 partners that meet quarterly and focus on business issues that, that face uh, partners that are serving the SMB space. So these are geographically diverse partners. Uh, we keep competitors uh, uh, out of any particular group. Today we have nine different groups that meet quarterly. Uh, so a little over 100 partners are involved in, in the HTG program. And uh, we're finding that you know these these communities become uh, a great source of thinking through opportunities and, and problems, and, and it's a place to share uh, ideas of how partners can be more successful as they execute against their business plans. And probably the key thing that uh, peer groups provide is really accountability. So we're very focused on setting goals and and then executing against those goals and. And we hold the partners accountable to report on those goals every quarter and then set new goals for the, the upcoming quarter. And, and uh, it's, it's a lot like uh, the playground when you were in kindergarten. Peer pressure works. And uh, nobody wants to get up in front of the group at the quarterly meeting and, and have to explain why they didn't do what they said they would. So we're seeing some significant growth and, and uh, change in partner business models because of execution. Uh, most partners know what to do, they just don't do it. And uh, when you own your own business, uh, that freedom is great, but it can be a real uh, a real problem as well. So it's like having a, a virtual board of directors of 11 other companies that are sitting there wondering why you don't do what you say. And uh, because of that, uh, people execute. And we're seeing some real significant changes in, in companies uh, as a result. We have a model uh, similar to that that we do online, uh, and uh, we're in the middle of a pilot right now with, that was uh, supported by Microsoft that's uh, going extremely well. So we're trying to find additional ways to, to really bring uh, the power of peers to, uh, to the industry and, and uh, help us all help each other grow. Uh, there's a lot of collective knowledge and experience that can be leveraged if we just spend some time together in community. So, that's really what we're, we're trying to do is build communities, intimate communities of a dozen or so companies and uh, just bring them together and, and let them work as a team to grow everybody's business collectively. Yeah, and Stuart, I've sat in uh, some of these, uh, some of Heartland's peer groups and sat in and presented to. And I've, you know, being in the industry as long as I have and, and being around, I have not seen a better mechanism for both very new partners and very, very, you know, some of Microsoft and other vendors' best partners, you know, well-established large partners in a forum like this and, the, and given the ability to uh, to not only, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and set goals, but, you know, disseminate information, work on strategy together, really think through the uh, the complex nature of the evolving partner landscape. And it's 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 pretty amazing. I wish... I wish we could emulate it at Microsoft, but I think I think uh, Heartland's in a unique position to really to really do this well and and to succeed at it. So absolutely, and I'm a member of uh, the third HTG group, and we're meeting uh, next few weeks in uh, in Raleigh, Durham. So I'm looking forward to that. And Arlen, just to kind of touch base a little bit more on the uh, on the peer groups, 
not only are we seeing business growth, we're also seeing personal growth, which is very important. A lot of guys have really, for lack of better terms, matured over the last year and a half in our group, and it's a, it's a truly amazing and powerful thing to see. Well, you know, that's so true, and, and I often tell uh, folks in our groups, uh, you know, if I can fix the owner, if I can if I can impact the owner of a company, I can change their business. And, and so a lot of the things we do talk about are, are uh, specific to, to that owner-level person because that's truly where the direction comes from. That's truly where the vision's got to come from. And, and at the end of the day, that, that person will determine the success or failure of their company. So... We do spend a lot of time working on things like uh, people's life plan, their mission, their vision, their values, the core things that really are the foundation that their company runs upon. And, and uh, so it's not just about you know making money with products. It's it's about building a business and, and learning the the tools and and uh, key principles that will help move that business forward and, and provide stability uh, when things get tough. Absolutely. We're running short on time, guys, so I just want to kind of closing comments here. Uh, Arlen, one of the things you uh, taught me way back in the day was to take action. So an action step right now is to learn more about Essential Business Server. Book your time at SMB Summit, smbsummit.com. Sign up today. There's, I think you mentioned there's limited hotel rooms available. And uh, take action now to get onto this product, and don't procrastinate because if you're not doing it, your competitors and your other people in your community are going to do it. Uh, and uh, you don't want to miss that opportunity to hop onto something great. Uh, Steve and Arlen, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming onto our program today. In the essence of time and to save time, if there's any other questions following up, if you're listening to this uh, uh, via the download later uh, on your Zoom at the gym, feel free to email us uh, at uh, Stuart at StuartCrawford.com. It's S-T-U-A-R-T at stuartcrawford.com, and I'll make sure your questions get relayed on to Arlen and Steve, and uh, we'll go forward that way. Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you once again for taking time out of your day to uh, to join us. Thank you, Stuart. It's been a pleasure. And if you're interested in Arlen's blog, it's purepower.blogspot.com. And uh, for the listeners uh, on the program, just a quick update on what's happening. Next week we have, or not next week, we won't have a show next week. But in two weeks' time, we're joined by Eric Ligman to talk about the Open Value Subscription Program. And in three weeks' time, we'll have Harry Brelsford on to talk about uh, Inside SMB with Harry B. So this is Stuart Crawford signing off for Small Business IT Radio. Have a great and successful two weeks, and we'll talk to you soon.